This is No Halos Here, hosted by Jen Lang and Jane Stark, the place to inspire a change in your consciousness to elevate the world. We're two heart-centered business owners nourishing our inner rebels while growing our respective businesses. No Halos Here is the result of bringing together an opera singer turned spiritual mentor and a marketing professional turned well-being coach to meditate daily. Together, we unite physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual energies into a powerful presence to lead, heal, and inspire. We love exploring the shadowed edges of life, the universe, and beyond through honest and thought-provoking conversations. Let's dive in. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Halos here with Jen Lang and Jane Stark. And today we are diving into some personal aspects of what taking radical responsibility for your life looks like. But we will also be leaving with you with some takeaways, some very sort of concrete actions and questions that you can ask yourself after this episode is over. So where do we want to hop in? Do we want to start with how did you come up with this idea, Jane? Because I think it's kind of a fun Mm -hmm. story. Yeah, I was, you know, I think this is a conversation that we've been having um, for the last little while. And I was actually on the ferry on my way home from visiting Jen just the other day. And I was doing some reflection uh, just on the past, we had done actually to back up for a second, I was over in Victoria, uh, where Jen lives visiting her and doing some work. And we had done this really, um, really great exercise that had us reflect on the last 10 years of our life. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then from that, there was a number of other things that kind of looking forward and I hadn't, it made me realize that I hadn't really done that in a long time. And, and 10 years, looking back at where we were 10 years ago was just, you know, we both had some really big aha moments. Definitely. And so Riding home on the ferry um, that night just had me reflecting back on that again and thinking about it. And the whole idea of personal responsibility was in my head. And how did I, how did I incorporate that into my life and where did it start and whatnot? And so I actually started writing, um, just writing a post for Instagram on my phone about it. And the term radical responsibility came into my head and I was like, oh, this is a part of it because I, 10 years ago, I'd say is when I really started to take responsibility for some things that were going on in my life, my health and a number of other things. But then when I look along that journey, there was sort of a a point I'd say two years ago, maybe three years ago that, that I really like something new clicked. And I was like, no, this isn't just about taking personal responsibility and owning your shit. I'm like, this was like radical responsibility where all of a sudden I realized that like, it's not just certain areas of your life. It's when you can have turn that lens on yourself for everything in your life, then it truly shifts. And so that's sort of, that's where it started. I, I sort of had a reflection around that and I messaged Jen and we were, (laughs) we were sort of talking and we're like, let's bring this to the podcast and let's share our stories of how we've done that in our life and how it's impacted our lives. So that's what we're here to do today. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are moments where perhaps you as a listener have taken radical responsibility through an aspect for an aspect of your life. And it might have been considered radical at the time. And looking back, you might look at it and go, oh, it wasn't that big a deal. But you also have to remember 
where you were at the time was not where you are now. And I think that's what that 10-year retrospective taught Jane and I through that process when we worked through it on Monday was looking back at where we were 10 years ago and going, wow, like so much has changed, Mm -hmm. even though some things hadn't changed on the Mm -hmm. surface. If you look deeper and more granular, some very big shifts happened. And and we actually linked it to that responsibility piece, taking ownership. So because sometimes things can change or it can seem the same on the surface. Yeah. But like you say, you go below the surface and it's like, oh, but my perspective on that has shifted hugely. And all of a sudden, like, sure, this this aspect may still be in my life, but I I approach it or I interact with it so differently. Yeah. And that that was a big one for me, too. It's like, wow. Yeah, I think think also it's not that exterior thing that's shifted. Because even if, you know, if you look at my last 10 years, I spent four and a half to five of them living in the Middle East, Mm -hmm. Dubai and Abu Dhabi. And that's a significant external shift that caused some seismic internal shifts. Mm -hmm. Now, would those internal shifts still have happened if I had moved overseas? Possibly, probably in some form or another, because I knew when I left for the Middle East, that I couldn't maintain the pace and what I had been doing here in Victoria. I knew that's not what I wanted to keep doing. Mm. So the shift for that, the impetus for living overseas had an, excuse me, an underlying impulse of, I knew something needed to change. And so changing the external circumstances was a motivator for that internal shift that needed to happen. Right, right. So what's your story where, what would, what's a reflection of yours when you think about taking radical responsibility? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, several, I think several different instances come to mind. However, I would say that taking radical responsibility for my own personal growth, not relying on an external nudge for that growth So yes, moving to the UAE was a big external nudge, but once I was there, taking the, you know, choosing to do an online business school training and choosing to go into business for myself was, Mm. as opposed to like, you know, I applied for, I don't know how many jobs when I first arrived in the first six months and I was miserable. I was like, I don't know, I don't meet the qualifications because I had all sorts of experience through my multi-passionate career, but I didn't have enough time or I didn't have the right degree for to focus on any single one area like marketing and communications or, you know, being a teacher in a school because I didn't have an education degree, which is fine. None of those are really what I 100% want to be doing. So making that leap and taking personal responsibility in terms of, okay, this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm diving into and not allowing others to get me down Mm. around it. And I I was cheered on. So, you know, it's not, it's the choice piece where I could have chosen to, you know, rely strictly on Kirk to be my sole source of like income. I could have, I I can't tell you how many 
sort of housewife coffees I went to where it was women who had arrived as accompanying spouses for their husbands who had higher earning positions than my husband did and who spent their days like going for coffees or I was like, oh my God, shoot me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just think it would be so, I, I just, that person who needs the stimulus and who needs to be creating and doing um, and out there doing something. So that's, that's why the business piece made so much so sense. So it was kind of in you, it sounds like. It was totally Like there was just you. this drive in you. Maybe it was listening to that drive. Oh, yeah. That's the radical that's responsibility piece. I don't think I've ever had to like articulate this before. But the, I know. it's the listening to the drive to create as opposed to doing what others, what I had been conditioned to think others thought I should be doing. Yeah, that's it. Why don't you just get a job? Right. Just get a job anywhere. Just get earning. Just don't like you when it came over with your husband and, you know, just enjoy that time. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You bring up an interesting point about, because I've struggled with this a little bit of what is it in me? that had like, I have that drive too. it shows up in different ways. Mm-hmm. But I knew I've, I've always sort of said through my journey that part of what got me to where I am now is that I was resourceful. I never, like, I, I just always had this seeking, like, there's got to be an answer there's and I would kind of throw stuff at the wall and see what stuck. Um, but what like, where did that come from? I've always kind of questioned like deeper and deeper, like, well, why am I like that? And, you know, somebody else maybe isn't or all the things, but what you said about listening to that part of you, Mm -hmm. that is interesting because that makes me go, yeah, it's, it's that intuition. It's that connection to self and that, that soul knowing maybe Mm. that we are conditioned not to listen to Yep. when we start doing it. And when we find it, and I mean, you do hear, I mean, it's the dark night of the soul, right? And you hear a lot of people talk about that, where you get into, you go through your dark night of the soul, and there is this voice, or there's this something that's just like, there's something more out there, choose it, choose it. And ultimately, it is a choice whether or not we choose to follow that path. Yeah. But you have to also, it's also choice to listen to that voice. Yeah. And sometimes not listening to that voice, not listening to that voice is also a choice, just to be clear. And sometimes not listening to that choice has far more devastating consequences that show up. I mean, that's the whole universe will just keep yelling at you until you finally. Well, it's like when I started singing to listen, right? I, I think I remember I told you where I started singing or I hadn't started singing yet. And I was going to start singing and I fell and broke my foot. And I couldn't do karate for six months. And so I saw a poster at the university for singing lessons. And that's when I started singing when I was 25. Oh, I don't know if you've heard that story. Oh, really? Yeah. I literally, the universe pushed me into singing. Hmm. Even though I'd always loved music. And it was a very interesting career choice to go into in your mid-20s. Because most university students start when they're teenagers and go to university yeah so you didn't really do I didn't do singing lessons until I was 25 like at all you didn't really I didn't take I took my first I didn't I did one university course where I got a couple of private singing lessons a summer course before I was 25 and every every other every other thing I did I didn't start singing until 
I didn't start formal lessons until I was 25 years old. Really? Wow, yeah. I did not know that. Interesting. Oh, there we go. So that I took radical responsibility in the sense that I said yes to my singing voice. <laughs> yeah. And then I said yes to, you know, going to university for it and taking my job to part time so that I could study it more fully. So that's taking radical responsibility for trusting the urge, the song inside of you. Mm-hmm. If you want to frame it in musical terms, everyone has a song inside them. So are you blocking your ears and going, blah, 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 I don't want to listen, blah, blah, blah. or are you listening to that song inside you that's like itching to come forth mm-hmm. and taking action on it? That's taking radical responsibility. Yep. Busting oh, out yeah. of what I mean, society that was has my, for you. That was my reflection the other day was I was looking at a photo of myself, like a recent photo, and it was like, wow, this is not who, like, if you had showed me this photo five or 10 years ago, I would have said, no, that's not, that's not me because I didn't actually, I wasn't connected to her. Mm. I had that piece of myself that I never connected to. I didn't know. And I was lost and I was constantly seeking the external and looking to the external and the societal conditioning for what I should do and who I should be. And that's when, and for me, that is the piece too. Yeah. With the radical responsibility and it, it came through multiple different ways. The first was again, my health where all of a sudden I, I had a choice. Like I could stay where I was feeling horrible, um, with a, you know, prescription in hand that had a 30% effective rate, (laughs) or I could dig deep, be resourceful, and start going, okay, like I've got to figure this out. And nobody, that was the other piece. Like I, I had this, I just felt very much like nobody's going to do this for me. Yep. And that's the thing, like the reality, I think for in life, in a lot of ways is nobody's going to do it for you. And I, it sounds kind of like, whoa, you're out on a desert Island by yourself and everybody one for, you know, everybody out for themselves. And I don't mean it like that but it is really like when it comes to you know our life and these things it's sort of yeah you have to choose and so I chose like I chose me I guess in that time in that instance right I chose that I was gonna go and go after it and then that helped me see that I could sorry sorry finish that thought oh I was just gonna say so that helped me see that I could apply that to other areas of my life And that's when all of a sudden I went, whoa, if I actually look at now, I'm at a place where when things come up, things trigger me or things aren't going the way I want them to go in my life. I look inward now all the time. Like, That's what I was going to ask. So when you go after, when you said just a few minutes ago, you said you go after it. So what was it? Was it going after the vision, health journey, the vision? So it started, it's the vision. I think the health journey. Yeah. I mean, I was 30 years old or 30, 31, somewhere around there. And, um, you know, I think it was this, like, there was this, like, there was this feeling and I was in chronic pain and felt horrible all the time. And I was a little bit in the victim of like, woe is me? Like, oh my God, this is my life. Like, this is this is how I'm going to feel every day. And then there was this voice of like, no, it doesn't have to be this way. Like you have a whole life ahead of you. And I don't know, 
you know, like whatever that was, whatever that is, I think that's the me, that's the inner little voice that we all talk about our gut, our knowing our instincts that was like loud enough for me to hear that I went, yeah, okay, I got to, it was the vision. It was the, Hey, this doesn't have to be this way. And so go ahead. I was going to say, so this is a bit of like a radical aside (laughs) around, I wonder if the reason why it's sometimes so radical to choose yourself is that the rest of our world is so noisy that we Mm -hmm. never have a chance to hear ourselves truly. Mm. And I'm wondering if that's, you know, ticking boxes for people. Speaking of noise, you probably hear my snoring dog in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Little laugh, little laugh. She's old. She snores. It's okay. She's hanging out. I think we've had her on. on, She'll be on the podcast every once in a while. We've had her on before, I think. She has been. Yeah. Just listen to her gentle snoring. It'll put you to sleep, but we hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's true, right? The world is so noisy. And again, we're not really taught how to listen to that voice. We're taught to ignore it, blame, look for reasons for things, and everything is not our fault. And fault is probably not the right word there, but like it's, you know, but we all, we are always looking for fault or reasons outside of ourselves. Right. And this is not to say, turn the mirror inwards and take on all the blame, shame, blah, 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 blah. Because that's not helpful either. Definitely not. But when you can do it from a place of, again, I think I've shared my favorite quote on here before, but my, the, the big uh, life-changing moment for me of the only two things I have control over are my attitude and my actions. When I started to look at things through that lens, something clicked and I was like, Oh, whoa. So what if I can actually go in and act and just like, how do I explain this? So if there's a situation where I'm emotionally reactive to it or triggered by it, rather than in the past where I would have been like, oh my gosh, this person did this and I'm pissed off and da, 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 da. If I can turn and take a moment and go, so why am I triggered by that? Why has, have they pissed me off? And then I can go and look like, oh, well, it actually stems from, if I'm really honest with myself, there was an incident in my childhood when this happened, or, you know, it stems because this is really contradicting a belief I hold or a value I hold. And why do I hold that belief or value? And is there another another way to look at this. Um, And then what are the emotions that come up around that? And can I release those emotions? And just by doing that type of work, Mm -hmm. I have found that all of a sudden my, like everything, like A, I'm not so much triggered anymore, but so it, it shifts the whole Shifts your perspective. Thank you. Yeah. Like, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, Okay. I'm okay with that, even if it hasn't actually changed. And sometimes it actually causes a um, a domino effect. I find where things do sh- then shift and change. So, I think you know, we're like, really, sorry, there's real ahead. power in allowing that shift to happen. And it's almost like putting on different, like it is kind of putting on different colored glasses, where you're still mm-hmm. seeing the same object through or the same situation through a different lens, and but you control the color of the lens through which mm-hmm. you view 
that object or that situation. We often don't think we have the choice of which yeah. glasses we put on, but really we do. That's the, where the radical responsibility yeah. is. Except it's not that simple. I think no. that's the thing that we always have to, right? Like I'm, I'm always like, yes, and there's, there's healing work to do in there. But you're right. Like when you can find, when you, when you figure out those tools to do the healing work, it becomes mm-hmm. a lot easier. And then, yeah, it is that simple in a way where it's, it's just choosing to put on a different pair of glasses. And, and so there's things like when I, when I did this with my health, it wasn't just taking a new perspective. It was going out and taking action and doing things and, um, making big radical lifestyle changes and, and whatnot. Right. So definitely there's those aspects, but when I started to pan out and look at how I can apply that to my life in all areas, that's when I actually started to feel so much more empowered in my life. And that was a big, you know, again, I, I believe that that's where we actually, that's where our power is. And that's where we can operate from that place of power and not from a place of victim or poor me and being a victim of your circumstances rather Mm -hmm. than yeah okay so then if someone was to in the early stages of this journey like they know there's something more inside them and they don't know like there's that voice they can't quite hear it maybe there's a lot of static around it um how would what are your best suggestions for starting to listen to and tune into that voice Yeah. I mean, I think like you identified, you have to be willing, you have to kind of have that reckoning moment with yourself of, am I willing to do this? Am I willing to do the work? Uh, And am I, am I going to choose me? Right. Mm. Because that's ultimately what you're doing is you're choosing yourself. So that's kind of the first thing I think is to really get honest with yourself. And then, um, asking for help again, sounds cliche. And I know we talk about it a lot, but Mm -hmm. that was a big piece of my journey was seeking out help in multiple different areas. So for me in the very beginning, it looked like going and working with a naturopath and then it looked like, you know, hiring therapists and an osteopath and a whole bunch of different people. And some of that was like I say, throwing some stuff against the wall and seeing what stuck and certain things stuck through my journey and certain things fell away or didn't work, but that's sort of the resourceful part of myself. But I think, you know, it, it can be as simple as talking to somebody within your network that can help you kind of peel some of these layers back. It can be finding some books to start reading, like opening up your, opening up your mind to how do I start to figure this stuff out? How do I open my mind up to some different perspectives? Um, Having boundaries is a big one. Boundaries are huge. Boundaries are huge. But again, boundaries are one where there may be healing work that needs to happen before the boundaries can be put in place. So, uh, you know, it's a combination of all these factors, but if you, if you kind of, if you don't know where to start, then I, th- I would also say too, to start with the area of your life that is the source of the greatest stress yeah. or anxiety right now. Start yeah. there because that's the, that's the pain point as I think you, we I can't remember. We were talking about this just before we recorded where the pain will push you until the vision pulls you. Yeah. That's and a Michael Bernard Beckwith quote. Thank you. 
that's it's such a great quote because the pain of your discomfort has to be so great that you have to choose to be willing to change it. So you start with that, the parts of your life that are the source, and it could be a relationship, it could be your job, it could be your health. Like mine was my health, right? James was her health. Mine was, you know, I'd say somewhat relationship based, but also like work related because I wasn't. I enjoyed my work that before unhappiness. I left, but I was dissatisfied. Mm-hmm. It was just, and that's I, a really common one. Yeah. Right. Where you just feel totally unfulfilled. And yeah. here's the thing. You don't have to stay in that place. No. Well, we stay for so many reasons and maybe, you know, a hundred percent like you and stay for those reasons too. Yeah. We stay in relationships. We stay in jobs. We stay in a lot of different places that it's not easy. And it takes courage and it takes grit and it takes resourcefulness. And it takes radical responsibility <laughs> because this is the point of this episode mm-hmm. is to show you that if you are dissatisfied with an aspect of your life and you've sort of been going along with it for this far and maybe you feel like there's something more for you past this, then take radical responsibility and start to choose something different. And I think that's the thing I was going to say. The words that came to me are just start. Yeah. Start somewhere. somewhere. Like it it can be small, but you just have to start and, and it's not going to be a linear path. No. So just trusting that, you know, starting somewhere and small little actions, small little, little choices. And you will start to climb out of that. Great mm-hmm. story related to this that I just read on a friend's update the other day was that they were, um, frankly, pretty out of shape um, and decided they wanted to make a change. And so they started with doing one push up a day. And then they decided they were going to do 100 days of like adding one more push up each day. Mm-hmm. So they did qualify that it took them 140 days to get to 100 push-ups but then that small amount cascaded into choosing other healthy habits and you know they're like oh then I started doing a hike once a week and then I started doing this and I've never felt better now I felt in fact they said that they feel better now than they did 10 years ago when they were 10 years younger so it's oh I I feel better I feel better now 10 years yeah if I look at like yeah, my overall vitality, and I still have some health stuff going on that I'm still working through, but I feel so much better now than I did 10 years ago. Yeah. So all you have to do is choose. However, simple to say, less easy to implement. Um, but if you don't really honestly know where to start and you're a listener, then honestly, you can just start with us. Just reach out. Yep. Reach out to us on Instagram, DM us, uh, any of our usual social media resources and say, I don't know where to start. Can you please help? And we are here for you. So Jane and I are in the process of building some pretty neat and fantastic materials. Stay tuned on that. And we're also directly tied some- to this. This is our big, yeah. this is our passion. This yeah. is something that, you know, I think together we've really realized that it's kind of been our journey and something that we really believe in. So more resources and where to start and how to do this are coming. Yeah, definitely. Stay, stay, keep on listening and stay tuned in. And is there any other final words or advice that you want to share with our listeners before we sign off? No, I think we covered it. We totally covered it. Amazing. Again, as always, we'd love to hear from you. And reach out if you don't know where to start, because again, we're a place to start. Have an amazing rest of your day, everyone. And we'll see you next time on No Halos Here. Take care. Bye. 
Thanks for joining us for these conscious combos. If you're ready to dive deeper, head on over to wearejenandjane.com to continue the conversation. If you loved this episode, please take a moment to share it with your friends or your network and leave us a review by going to Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at wearejenandjane and let us know what you enjoy and what you would like to see more of. We'd love to hear from you.